Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Hi, good morning. We're live here at the Oakmont. Recreation Center in Sun City, Arizona. We're broadcasting at the fun fair or the fun days that they have going on right now. We've got people starting to mill about, start to come in. It opened up at 9 o'clock, and we were here also at 9 o'clock. Uh, hopefully they're going to be bringing some folks by to, to visit with me and tell us uh, all what it is that these various organizations and clubs do. I know we have a gentleman who is a realtor that's supposed to come by, and we're going to talk a little bit about real estate in the Sun City, so we're going to be doing that. And in addition to that, I'm hoping to get somebody from the RCA, uh, the Retirement Council Association. So anyhow, we're going to be doing all those types of things this morning, and hopefully we'll be able to continue on with the programming in, a, in an unfettered and continuous basis. As long as we have people that are coming in uh, to visit with us, we'll be able to do that. In the event that we have to kind of just back off for a moment, we'll do that as well. Uh, we're controlling this program today from the studio back at the office, and this is a remote broadcast, so I don't have all of the uh, stuff in front of me to uh, start and stop things. And nonetheless, uh, we hope that it'll be a, a real good, uh, a real good opportunity for people to listen in and find out a little bit about what's going on here at the Oakmont Recreation Center in Sun City, Arizona. So uh, right now we're waiting for our first guest to arrive. I, uh, I can see him at the other end of the room, uh, but I've just got to get his attention so he can come over here hopefully and, and, uh, and, and visit with us. So we're going to uh, get, him, get him over here uh, as soon as I can. And uh, hopefully we can uh, talk a little bit of real estate and uh, housing situation in Sun City, Arizona. So Sun City, Arizona has uh, been just recently past its 50th anniversary, and uh, we decided to do this show from here as well uh, and dedicate a show to the Sun City area. We live here ourselves, and uh, we're going to be... Uh, doing this show on Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock. It's the Boomer the Babe Show, Sun City Edition, where we're anticipating that we're going to be talking to uh, residents, uh, movers and shakers, uh, clubs, uh, organizations within the city, uh, uh, rec centers, uh, homeowners associations, uh, and so on and so forth. So we're going to be able to hopefully get, uh, get those folks uh, in during the course of our shows. And in 
giving out information. This is uh, this is based on it as an information station, if you will, and we're going to be uh, doing a lot more of, uh, of that directly for the Sun City residents and Sun City businesses as well. So it'll offer a great place for Sun City businesses to get their information out and uh, tell us about what they're doing in Sun City and how their how business is in Sun City and any special offers and so on that they may have going on as well. Uh, they'll always be welcome to they'll always be welcome to uh, help sponsor or contribute some way or shape or form to the program and uh, we hope they will do that and hope they will do that as well. So that having uh, that having been said, we've pretty much taken care of the commercial part of this thing. Uh, but it's something that we've been doing for many years. We've been doing the Boomer the Big Show now for probably seven years. Uh, maybe even a little longer when you consider the fact that we were on terrestrial radio. Uh, Boomer the Babe Show always also has a Boomer the Babe Incorporated the network, as we call it, Boomer the Babe Network, has many shows uh, that we do on a regular basis. One of them is the uh, Boomer the Babe Show, which is the, what we call the global edition, and that's about anything anywhere in the country. Uh, we do that one on Mondays and Tuesdays at 11 o'clock in the morning. Then this Boomer the Babe Sun City edition will be done every Wednesday, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. in the morning. And we'll be doing that one here right from Sun City, of course. The other thing that we we do is the straight down the middle show. It's a golf show, as the name indicates. Uh, we talk about high school and junior golf, and that's generally on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. And then also we talk about general golf topics at 9.30 a.m. on Thursdays. So we've been doing that one for about two years now, and that's a very popular show amongst those that, uh, that we do. Uh, another another fantastic show that we're doing on the on the Boomer and the Babe Network is Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki. Ron Naraki is a financial and real estate investor, and uh, he has guests on from all walks of life in the financial field. And uh, and we always have a good or he always has a good show there, and always has some good information to to pass along to people with regard to their investments and so on. Uh, another one of our local people here in Sun City is Tom Legering, who is also is a uh, the owner of Sun City Country Club, and and Tom and Tom does a show called Success or Failure, the choice is yours, and uh, Tom always has good advice helping people with their uh, personal and business uh, situations. Uh, he's a he's a big advocate of uh, people making their own choices and taking. Uh, responsibility for their own uh, successes and failures, and you know, as he says, the choice is yours to do uh, whatever it is that uh, makes you happy. And if it's something that's not working out for you, the choice is yours as to whether or not you want to change it. So that's success or failure uh, with Tom Legering, and that's on once a month, and that's the last Wednesday of the month at 9 a.m. in the morning. Forgot to mention that the Ron Naraki show Wealth DNA is on the second fourth Mondays at 9 a.m. Second and fourth Mondays at 9 a.m. for Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki. We have a couple of new additions to our lineup of shows that will be starting, and one of them is Healing for the After Loss. Healing 
I'm sorry, Healing in the Afterlife. And it is hosted by a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Allen and the babe, Deborah Brown. It's the second and fourth Thursdays at 11 o'clock. Second and fourth Thursdays at 11 o'clock, Healing in the Afterlife. The gentleman has uh, been, been involved in the grief, grief community now for some time, and uh, he has some very nice insights and wisdom into how people can get through uh, a loss of a loved one. Another one that Deborah hosts is uh, with Donna Bell, and this is called Radiant Design Living. Uh, it's one of those shows that uh, people can find different ways, possibly, of getting involved in uh, a lifestyle a lifestyle development that might be much more uh, much more advantageous to the way they look at things and do things and, and create a change in their lives if they're looking for that. And the final one uh, that Deborah hosts uh, is Pathways to Wisdom. First of all, let me say that Gradient Design Living is on uh, the first and third Friday at 11, alternate Fridays from Healing in the Afterlaws. Uh, the last show that we have is Pathways to Wisdom. That's hosted by Deborah, and that'll be on the first and third Fridays at 3 p.m. First and third Fridays at 3 p.m. Uh, that's something that Deborah's been doing for some time now. It's uh, it has to do with uh, spirituality somewhat. It has to do with all kinds of, um, oh, shall we say, some of the deeper thoughts processes in life uh, as far as uh, what people are. Involved in so we have those three shows: healing in the after loss, radiant design living, and pathways to wisdom. That all have some of that uh, information in there that is more ethereal in nature, possibly. And uh, a lot of people enjoy that category of uh, of show. And we certainly welcome anybody that's interested in those shows to listen. But the the flagships of the uh, of the network. Are uh, are the uh, Boom of the Babe Show, uh, Boom of the Babe Show Sun City Edition, and straight down the middle, uh, and then also the two that we had some upside hosts hosts on, and uh, and that's Wealth DNA and Success or Failure. The choice is yours. And we've got a gentleman that's coming over here to join us. Uh, pick that up, Dave, and, and speak right into the microphone. I'm going to turn that thing on there. That's already on from over here, so we're in good shape. And uh, I want to welcome Dave Jaffet. Dave Jaffet. Dave Jaffet is with Long Real Estate uh, here in Sun City. He's been a, a realtor for probably longer than he cares to admit. And uh, I started when I was five years old. <laughs> I've been a licensed realtor uh, in well, actually four states. Uh, but here in Arizona for 10 years, back east uh, for another 38 years. So all together, quite a few years. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you here and talk to you this morning was um, th there's so many things about realtors and real estate that people probably really need to know before they get involved in the sale or the purchase of a house. Now, as I understand it, and I'm just going to pose this question based on my understanding, and that is there's a buyer's agent and there's a seller's agent. Uh, does a realtor uh, play both sides of the road, so to speak, uh, in, in the process of buying and selling a house? Or can they? Yes. Uh, many states, including Arizona, have provided uh, 
let me start out by saying in the absence of a written employment agreement, any licensed real estate agent, whether it be in Arizona or New Jersey, they're sworn by the National Code of Ethics, which is imposed by the uh, National Association of Realtors. Uh, a licensed real estate agent, therefore, is required uh, by this code of ethics and by the rules and regulations of each board they work for to be fair and honest, impartial to all parties, to protect their clients' interests. If they happen to just meet a new client, whether it's a seller or a buyer, uh, they don't have a, an established agency agreement yet. There's an implied agency that they, uh, they would be representing the interests of the seller unless otherwise specified. But they have to be impartial and to protect all parties' interests. Uh, many states, including Arizona, now have a provision that as a homeowner, for instance, you can retain the services of a, of a realtor at your convenience to represent you in the sale of your home and that realtor member would be obligated to protect your interests and to promote the, the highest and best possible price for the home. Uh, on the other hand, realtors in the same organization or competing organizations now have the ability to work exclusively for the buyer, and that's what buyer agency is all about. There is a buyer agency agreement that can be entered into between the potential buyer and the agent, and that agent, therefore, it works for the best interest of the buyer. And this is an advantage to today's consumers because now the consumer can get the advantage of having a professional negotiator working for them specifically and not necessarily for the interests of the seller. Uh, it, it keeps uh, uh, the, the entire procedure much more professionally oriented because buyers need protection too. And before this rule was passed uh, in here out here on the West Coast about, eh, about 12 years ago. Uh, it was presumed that all realtors work for the best interest of the seller only, and that's not the case. So I could be retained by a buyer to work exclusively for that buyer and to use my experience and my negotiation skills to get the lowest possible price for that, for that particular buyer. Uh, the compensation agreement that is entered into uh, could be for a, a lower percentage that would be prevailing, and that would save the, the buyer money. As a matter of fact, if the buyer ends up purchasing a home, which ordinarily the, the seller, let's say, would be offering X percent as an incentive to, that, to the outside uh, sales organizations to sell their home, if the selling broker or the, the purchaser, the, the licensee representing the buyer, were working, let's say, randomly 2.5%. And the house that they find for his buyer, the seller is offering 3% as an incentive to sell the house, the, the buyer could actually get a one-half percent on the purchase of that house because the seller is offering 3%. The buyer has engaged his realtor member to work, operate at a 2.5% basis. So therefore, the 0.5% the surplus goes as a credit to the buyer at closing. So for the first time, a buyer can actually make some money by using a buyer agent. I got you. Yes. Right, so uh, how, how, um, how frequently does a realtor, let's take yourself as an example, 
uh, operate on, on, on both sides as the buyer's agent and the seller's agent. Well, that would be what they call uh, actually dual agency. And disclosed dual agency is absolutely imperative. If you have a dual agency where you're, you're operating in a transaction whereas you have a, an obligation to the buyer and to the seller other than just professional obligation, but you have a written contractual obligation to perform in the best interest of both parties, that can be done as long as it's uh, vividly made known and disclosed to all parties. And that's called disclosed dual agency. In many states, uh, dual agency is, is not permitted at all. And I tend to agree with that. In many states, like an attorney, for instance, can't represent both sides of the transaction. Yeah, it's actually a, a conflict of interest. It does put realtors in a very precarious position to have, uh, you know, uh, secret knowledge about maybe a, a structural defect or maybe they, the seller, uh, maybe they're getting a divorce, which is not unusual for many of the reasons why homes are sold. And the presence of a divorce as a, as a background scenario may put that seller in a significant disadvantage. Mm -hmm. If that were to be known public, uh, to the buying public, it would put the seller at a disadvantage. So the, the broker that represents that homeowner would be best to keep that confidential. And you're saying, well, does the buyer have a right to know that? Is that a material defect in the sale? And that's where the experience of the real estate agent has to come into play because maybe it's a hotly contested divorce. And if it is, the divorce activity may go on for a couple of years. Can that house be, can the title transfer in the middle of a divorce? Not at all. And so if the if the realtor involved in that transaction were to knowingly allow it to go into a contract subject to successful title transfer, and he knows darn well that that divorce is going to block that title transfer, he would be derelict of his duty, mm -hmm. professional duty, to, to allow that transaction to continue without full disclosure. That title may be interrupted by a, a significant lien on the property. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and the lien is going to be the other. Yeah, the other and, and the lien yeah. will be the divorce action right. because they have to have consent from both parties. And since the uh, the, the house here were a community property state, it would be a, a significant impediment to the transfer of the title. I would imagine so. Uh, would it be to a, an individual's advantage? Uh, I, I know I, I I can understand how there's an advantage to listing your house and having a selling agent uh, in, involved in your process. But let's say I listed my house and it, and it's and it's sold now and or I, I I've accepted the contract and it, we're pretty sure that it's going to go through without too many problems. At that point, I need to go out and I got to find another place. Should I invite? Should I hire somebody as a buyer's agent, uh, or can the person that listed my house for me and took care of that transaction roll over and be my buyer's agent outside of that deal? And that's number one. Number two, in that same scenario, is I, I see it that I would say, okay, you're going to be my buyer's agent, Dave, and I want to go, and I and I do a lot of running around town, and I see I saw a sign here, 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 and I, I give you a laundry list of all these places, and then you get me in there to take a look at him, and I'm only dealing with one person. I'm dealing with you. I see that as an advantage. What do you? What are, you, what are your? Oh, I agree. 
Yes. Uh, you know, picking out a realtor to work with you involves a, a lot of personality compatibility. It's like picking a good attorney. I mean, attorneys are, are all over the place, and they charge different prices. And I'm not trying to equate my profession with that of an attorney, but the objectives and the personalities are similar. Uh, a realtor's job just begins, I mean, listing a house or putting one on the market. It's just a tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of uh, a lot of tedious uh, chores. Uh, I've got a when I when I list property, I give my my buyers and my sellers, especially my sellers, a checklist of everything that we're going to be doing. You know, it's a commitment. It's a written commitment outlining exactly every step of the way. And this is a it's about a 54 step procedure. Mm -hmm. uh, getting a house under contract is just the beginning. There's a, a lot of events such as coordinating mortgage applications, coordinating home inspections, maybe negotiating allowances for those home inspections. Uh, selling a house is a very emotional event, and buying a house is a very emotional event. Uh, I often remind the buyers that buyers buy a home well, for love and affection. That's really what it is. It's a commitment to, to, to your partner, to your wife or husband, whatever the case may be, uh, that you're, you're doing something together. Very seldom is a house bought just for shelter purposes only. There's there's a longer list of reasons why they want a particular home in a particular location. And uh, you know, in my office, we specialize in the West Valley, like Sun City, especially here in Sun City, uh, which is a community which has really gotten a lot of attention the last couple of years because of post World War II baby boomers were all predicted to start you know, retiring in 2010. And 2010 was supposed to be a banner year, uh, not only for Sun City, but all over the country. Uh, you had millions of post-World War II baby boomers turning 65. It didn't happen, as we all know, because the economy put a big dent into that. And it was predicted back in 2010 that around 2013 would be the year that things loosened up. That seemed like an awful long way from 2010. Yes. Uh, but... The experts were correct. Uh, with the Fed regulation on interest rates and so forth and stimulus packages, the, the giant economy of the United States has finally started to move just because it's a hungry economy. There's a lot of consumption, a lot of growth. Uh, people are evolving into family lives, and there's a need for housing that continues. Uh, this year we're experiencing a, a, a big influx in, in uh, transferees from all over the country. A lot of people who were reluctant to sell their primary home back east or up north because of the economy, uh, they couldn't sell their homes, but they are now starting to move. So we see license plates in town from all over the country. About Right now about 25% of the license plates in town are from out of state. So Let's talk more more specifically about Sun City. This is the Boomer Debate Show Sun City Edition. So, and you're a Sun City realtor, basically. I mean, yes. I know you operate all over, like you said, the West Valley, but you're you're strong in the Sun City market. Uh, has the Sun City market uh, currently switched from a buyer's market to a seller's market, or sellers to a buyer? Is uh, how, how does that ebb and flow work in in this community? Yeah, in this community, uh, it is slowly in the last four years, I guess, evolved to be a seller's market again. Uh, you know, uh, four years ago, it, it was, uh, we had an inventory quite sizable compared to what we have now. We've had a good, the last 48 months have been uh, progressively better. 
uh, we're, we're selling more units than we have traditionally in the prior five years. So it's a uh, marked improvement. Like I said earlier, the uh, the number of people moving into Sun City, our welcoming committees that we have here in Sun City uh, are going through a lot of uh, handout packets to new residents who are visiting during these winter months. This is our high season right now. A lot of the snowbirds, as they're called, are getting ready to leave here at the end of March and going back to the snow belt of the north and the, and the east where it starts to become spring finally after a long, hard winter, which reminds me, too, we all know that back east in the Chicago area especially, this winter has been especially brutal. Yes. And I understand, according to the National Association of Realtors, they say that for every 10 degrees uh, that of monthly average temperature decline on the east and the north, that the amount of uh, hits in the Internet for warm climates like Sun City went up an average of like 2% count each month. So uh, there's a direct parallel between the cold winters and the number of inquiries in our area, and it's been a record-setting inquiry for this last winter. So we're expecting a, a big uh, continued interest in the Sun City area as a result of the weather conditions back east. Well, now, weather conditions obviously play a role. Now, the weather conditions play a role as it gets hot here, and we're just struggling through 110, 115 degrees. Does that slow the But it's a dry heat. It is dry heat, yes. Yeah. It really is. Let me tell you, when, when I moved here in 1970 and whatever, it was a dry heat. It's no longer a dry heat. <laughs> a, lot of pool, a lot of pools with a, you know, a lot of irrigation. Back in, uh, you know, back on the East Coast and up in Chicago, in the summer times, when it's 90 degrees, and 90 degrees here it seems like a walk in the park. Oh, I tell you, it is. But it is. in New York, where I'm originally from, uh, when we had a 90-degree temperature for three days in a row, it was officially declared a heat wave. Right. And people were dropping like flies. Uh, it was a state of emergency in New York City with 93, 94-degree temperatures for three days or more. Last year here... We had triple digits for over 100 days in a row. It's, it was nothing because it, right. the humidity was 5 and 10% a day. If you stand in the sun, you could be, you know, you'd receive skin damage from, but there's no need. It's, it's comfortable. You don't have to live in air conditioning to survive. And as a result, uh, you know, you, you cope with it. The blood does turn out, as they say. Yeah. And I've been in this, uh, I've been living in this climate now for 10 years after living back east, and I love it here. The, the, oh, the, I, the I, weather I, is the reason why we're all here. I, I love it here, too. As a matter of fact, I moved I moved here, as I said, in the, the early 70s, and then I did a good job, landed a job in San Diego, and was over there for a good number of years. And if people ask me, if you would, had to go back somewhere, if you had to go back somewhere that you had lived in the past, where would you go? And I'd say, I'd go back to Phoenix yeah, I mean, I'd go back, back to Arizona and Phoenix in a heartbeat. But I want to get back to this. I want to get back to this heat thing. That's the perception is from people outside the area. Uh, I'm guessing, based on my brother-in-law, who won't come down here and visit in the summertime because that's his preference, uh, his bias, shall we say. Mm -hmm. But he'll live in Michigan when it's <laughs> yeah. 25,000 degrees below. But nonetheless, does that affect housing sales? It does for the uninformed okay. and the inexperienced who have not tried the weather on for size. And the perception, like you said, Pete, the perception of 100 degrees being unbearable, it's all relative. Um, I find it to be unbearable in New York when it's 15 degrees below zero. Sure. 
and sure. I'm not outside making snowballs or something. You know, you stay inside and you escape the elements. And how many days a week do you do that in the wintertime? Almost every day. Oh, and then in the spring, it's rain, rain, rain. Uh, you know, and I'm saying, so the weather is a big impediment back east and up north. Well, it's an impediment here, but for a lot fewer days of the year. In June, July, or August, yeah, you'll have some of those real high heat days. And like any normal person, you avoid exposure to it, like you do back east when it's 10 below zero. That's right. And people don't seem to understand that. I mean, and you, you point out to them, but in the wintertime, you're inside, you're cooped up inside because, you know, right. you're breathing the same foul air inside that airtight apartment yeah. or home, and then you come down here, and at least you've got fresh air coming in. From so the a lot of us old-timers, we've overcome <laughs> that by, in June, July, that's the time to... Explore the country. Yeah, it's a great yeah. time to, to, to right. you know, to lock up the house, go away for a while, and visit relatives who have the attitude that they can't leave Chicago or something. But it's a great time of the year to to live the best years of your life by doing a little traveling around this beautiful country. Absolutely. Uh, I've noticed um, because, as you know, I've, I've got a house that is on the market, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> um, I've noticed that in my area where we live. There is just a multitude of signs out in the last couple of, let's say, last month. Yes, yes. yes. Is, is that because people uh, want to try to get a house sold before they move back, or is that just because they want to get a house, try to get a house sold, and they're running it up the pole to see who will salute while the snowbirds are still here? Well, I don't know the circumstances of each and every one of those. I do know a few of them. They're uh, on your street, and uh, there's probably what would you say, maybe a total of 80 to 100 houses along your street uh, that's a true. And out of that, it's not unusual to have uh, like a per year a 2 to 3, 2 to 4 percent attrition rate. So it's normal for at least 4 out of 100 houses to turn over every year. Um, right now, I'd say there's probably about 7 or 8 on the market. Of those eight that are on the market, I know three of them are under contract and the signs stay up just for the mileage they get right. and for the notoriety. Uh, the other ones, I think, uh, your street uh, runs along a, a private golf course and that's been a real draw for some people who have uh, invested in remodification of the home. Uh, across the street from you, there are homes which have had substantial modification. Yes. That has raised the average value of the neighborhood up, and it's a nice location. You've got houses across the street from yours that are running 300 to $400,000, uh, and that's a big draw. So when neighbors, immediate neighbors, see that, they're fetching that kind of uh, demand, it becomes contagious. They say, gee, maybe this is a good time. And there's a pent-up demand for sales. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it was known in town just in the last two or three years that if you were trying to sell a house in the middle of a bad market that we had, you had to sell. You, you wouldn't want to sell in a bad market. You had to sell. And so the opportunists came out of the woodwork and took advantage of a short sale or foreclosure sale. What's happening now, we're seeing the, you know, the involvement of many homes that are coming on the market, uh, not because they have to. Now they want to. They wanted to sell last year and the year before that. So it's not unusual for the inventory to go up. 
especially like during the month of March. March is kind of like the, the tail end of the season for the most out-of-state buyers that are in town. April continues to be strong, too. But uh, So I think that answers your question, Pete, that what you're seeing is it becomes contagious. There's been some big houses that have gotten big prices uh, along your street. And then there's the eventual normal circumstances of estate sales. Uh, people pass away and their homes are sold by the, by the estate. And it's just ironic. Uh, for a while on our street, there have been maybe only one house. The entire length of it, all 80 houses, uh, there was nothing for sale. That's because people didn't want to sell. I think so. That's what we're seeing now. We're seeing the evolution of more signs, not because the market is getting worse, but it's because uh, more sellers have decided that the circumstances are proper for the sale now. Right, right. When you're out and you're riding around the area, and uh, do you take uh, an assessment of some sort as as far as what's out there and what's for sale in various categories, condos, um, uh, duplexes, single-family homes, large homes, small homes. I mean, do you catalog that somehow? That has to be in your blood. As a, as, a, as a real professional real estate agent, that becomes second nature. You really have to be aware if you want to consider yourself to be a community specialist and, and do the job with enthusiasm. Uh, the inventory is your Bible. You have to know it mm -hmm. and to be aware of it. And I refer to all the other realtors that are members in different and we have, you know, half a dozen real estate companies based in Sun City and we have over two hundred in the valley. And they all are licensed to practice any place in the state. So there are many circumstances. In conclusion what I'm saying, Pete, is that we all have to work together. I consider a lot of the other members my friendly adversaries. Sure. Uh, I mean, we're working for different elements of the transaction. Many times they represent the buyer and I represent the seller or vice versa. But I have worked very hard to promote that teamwork spirit. And even though they may not work for the same company that I work for, if we work together effectively and make everybody happy and do the job well and you have a happy buyer and a happy seller, what more could you want? And part of earning that attitude is knowing the inventory, knowing what's going on, knowing what conditions in your community affect property values. Uh, you know, uh, Sun City is noted for low taxes, and why do we have low taxes? Because we have no municipal government. We operate as a county island. Uh, we don't have our own police department. We don't have our own board of education. We don't have a mayor and council to support. Uh, that's all taken care of by county government. We have a county sheriff's office providing law enforcement. Uh, we have no schools because we're an age-restricted community. And for those of you who may not be aware of what that is, uh, we have a, a county guideline for our exempt tax basis that says that uh, a resident homeowner in town one party in each dwelling must be at least a minimum of 55 years of age. And no one under the age of 19 can reside in that house more than 90 days in any one calendar year. So it could be a 55-year-old gentleman with a 21-year-old wife. He would be ecstatically happy and he'd be legal. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, 
you know, but it's... Uh, because, you know, we can't be sexist. It could be a 55-year-old woman with a 21-year-old. Exactly. So, but uh, we joke about that once in a while. But that's the county guidelines. But it makes for a very interesting formula because we don't have to support schools. Not that we don't support education, because we do. Our, we have a small base of our tax goes to county schools, but it's not prorated for what the Sun City uh, District uh, impacts on the county government because we have no school obligations. So our tax is the average house in town. I say the average tax might be $800 per year mm -hmm. for a two-bedroom, two-bath house. Uh, and, and that's aggressive. Those, 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 all those tax issues, that, that this is one of them that you, including the one that you just alluded to, those things have been fought and adjudicated long ago. Yes. And, and, and they are basically cast in concrete. Every now and then, somebody will try to do something with it, but it's like pretty much quick to get slapped down, fortunately. Yes. Well, that's why today at this function, I'm here representing not the real estate profession, but a community organization here in town called the Retirement Community Association of Sun City. And that was formed back in 1975 to oppose the, uh, at that time, there was a dramatic move in town to incorporate Sun City right. and to make Sun City a municipal government with all the municipal obligations and the taxes. And so this organization, which I'm currently vice president of, was formed and got a lot of support to fight that, that move and to preserve our senior citizen status. And it's been successful. We, we met that threat and overcame it and have existed uh, well since 1975. Not to cast aspersions, but there was an adjoining community here called Youngtown, and they they abandoned their um, uh, their 55H. Uh, it was referred to as their senior citizen overlay. Yeah, uh, they abandoned did. that, and it, and it just, I think cost them dearly. Well, they didn't willfully abandon it. They lost the overlay right. from the state right. because the overlay clause was extended. Youngtown was the very first in the nation the very first municipality to be formed with a senior citizen clause, which uh, provided them the exclusion from having to provide schools and in return got a significant tax dispensation uh, for that effort. But the understanding was they had to preserve the senior citizen condition. Right. And part of the preservation was to enforce it. Well, they became complacent. And that's what one of the lessons of government we should all be aware of. The citizens who become complacent allow that that ugly scenario to develop, and they lost that senior citizen overlay. And the overlay ruling says that no more than 20% of your residency uh, can violate that residency requirement. And what happened in Sun in Youngtown is they allowed a lot of the properties to be bought to investors, and then the investors rented them out, and the tenants had kids. Blah, 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 and the total volume was found to be way in excess of 20%. So the 80-20 rule was violated, and what happened is the, the town um, existed for about 20 years that way, and after 30 years, they, they find the cost caught up with them. And just a few years ago, they, were, they actually were reorganized. Uh, they, their school system that they had uh, was taken over by Peoria Unified School District, uh, two years ago, their police department had to be dissolved because they couldn't afford to keep that. Right. 
Uh, and it's unfortunate because it, it has a, a lot of history. And it's still a good town. It's operating now with Peoria School System, with the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office providing a contractual law enforcement protection. And now they're, they're existing, but they don't have a senior citizen overlay. And is the Sun City Fire Department providing fire service? Yes. They get district fire coverage from Sun City. Uh, so that, that works out all right. Uh, because Youngtown is a good town. They have a, a, a section down near the, uh, the southern end off Olive, which is all newer style houses. And it's a nice mix of homes. It's unfortunate that they lost the, the basis for their national recognition of the first retirement community of its kind. But then Sun City was built a few years later, back in the 60s, and took over as the, the most uh, the, the oldest and the most successful community of its type in the nation. A couple more questions. I know you've got to go. I appreciate you taking this much time with me this morning. Uh, talk to me about the value of advertising your house for sale or the, your realtor advertising your house, the value of holding uh, multiple open houses uh, on your property. Uh, what, is, what is the value or lack of value of those two items? Okay. Good question. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of homeowners think that relentless advertising is what sells a house. That used to be the case 20, 25 years ago. Uh, advertising is a very, very expensive way of doing business. Uh, we advertise, all companies advertise, but much more cleverly than we ever used to. The advertising that's most effective today is Internet exposure. Uh, the typical listing that goes into the a multiple listing that serves this area is hyperlinked to over 200 websites throughout the nation. Uh, Trulia, you know, is one of them. Uh, there's there's just hundreds of websites, and so we have an exchange uh, through the National Association of Realtors to share this data. So as a result, uh, today's buyers are very intelligent. Uh, they find out that, and and, and true, when you look at it, uh, not that I'm just counting the value of newspaper advertising. That has a certain element of, of of, uh, of value, but newspapers out one day and that ad is gone. It's history. Relatively speaking, it's quite expensive. It satisfies the the ego of maybe the homeowner to see their picture in the paper, but people aren't reading newspapers the way they used to. If you look at the national statistics, a lot of newspapers have gone out of business. A lot of newspapers are now online only. Why? Their readership isn't there. People who are buying real estate go online. Even if they're living here in town, they go online and they look at So a signpost in the yard promptly displayed, that's 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week advertising. Multiple listing. Over 80% of the real estate sold is sold because of multiple listing. Individual advertising, very truthfully, accounts for practically such a small percentage of the actual sales. As we track exactly the source of every client, whether it's a call-in and a sign, whether it's a walk-in to an open house, whether it's a walk-in to our office, whether it's an Internet call. And about right now about 60% of the calls come in on signs. About 30% come from Internet activity, from the Internet ads and the Internet sites. that are in. And only, I'd say, less than 5% of any company around will admit that five, well, probably about 5% call on an ad. 
<laughs> so they are basically is to placate the owner of the house. Exactly. But open houses are a great way to merchandise. Open house is the way that, uh, again, today's buyers are very independent, and I can't blame them for wanting, not wanting to be contained in a realtor's car or in a realtor's office. They're much more spirited today. They enjoy their freedom, and they want the guidance of a realtor, but they don't want to be necessarily committed to until they find the right, the right realtor. And like we were saying earlier about the buyer agency agreement, once they commit to a realtor, then fine. Uh, but many of the buyers today would rather meet you at the house rather than be driven around. And therefore, the open house is a great way to get the, uh, uh, the hesitant buyer in and be free to make comments. You know, the homeowner should never be there during the open house, I think, uh, because the buyers are more reluctant to, uh, to, to make constructive or destructive comments. We're looking for constructive feedback, and they may be reluctant to tell the truth with the homeowners in the next room. So it's a, it's a good opportunity for the casual buyer to maybe step up to the plate and swing after they see the house. Uh, so it's a, it doesn't cost much other than time to push an open house. The open houses really don't even have to be advertised open houses. The sign is the advertising. And if you have open house rider signs on the corner, you know, tastefully placed, not all over like a farm and Bailey circus in town, but, you know, and then they can be promoted on the Internet, too. The Internet has uh, websites, our, our, our company website and the, uh, the National Association also has a tab on their search engine that is limited to open houses only. So if you're looking for open houses in Sun City only on a particular day, you can go into the Realtor.com website and search Sun City for Realtor open houses on any particular day. And if that, if that open house is, is listed on multiple and scheduled open house, it will show it on there. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time with me this morning. My pleasure. I, I know you've got other things that you've got to get to. No, uh, it was a pleasure, Pete. I, I, I enjoy enjoy these events, and I, I know you're an expert on your subjects too. So thank you. <laughs> uh, one last thing I'd like to get from you. Uh, you've been kind enough to sit here with me. Tell me, tell our listeners your name, any contact information, how they can get hold of David if they want uh, more information or help in the sale or the listing of their house. Oh, thank you. Be, again, my name is David. Last name is Chaffet, that's spelled J-A-P-H-E-T. Unusual name, it's an old biblical name. I'm with Long Realty, uh, West Valley, which is in Sun City West, and we serve all the communities in the West Valley, uh, but particularly the retirement communities of Sun City, Sun City Grand, and Sun City West. Uh, my direct cell phone contact number is area code 623-670-4353. I'll be glad to respond to any questions that your, your listeners may have. Well, that's great. I hope you, I hope you get some, uh, some inquiries off of this. Thanks, Pete. Have a good day. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, what, what I'd like to, one last thing I'd like you to do uh, uh, before, before you totally get away with me, send Lou Snyderman over here so he can talk about your, uh, your RCA. Uh, I tried to get him before. I don't know if he's bashful and just like to talk in the microphone, but I, I was when we were down at Fairview, we had some of the folks from your organization on, but unfortunately we lost that program. So, But I need to get the information out again about, about yours. Thanks, sir. Dave Jaffet from Long Realty and uh, associate broker, Long Realty, and again, that uh, 
Uh, number for Dave is out, direct cell phone number is 623-670-4353. So uh, sounds to me like you'd be a good guy to uh, to find out, to find out uh, about uh, listing or selling of your house, or if you wanted him to help you buy a house, uh, I'm sure he'd be willing to do that as well. Very uh, knowledgeable gentleman, and seems to really know his his real estate stuff, as they say. So. Uh, Give Dave a call if you're in the need for a realtor in any of the West Valley communities. And I'm sure he'd be uh, uh, somebody that could do do a great job for you and do very well uh, as, as far as assisting you in the in the sale of, or, or the buying of a house. So uh, hopefully we're going to get uh, Lou over here from the RCA if, uh, if, if Dave could they can persuade him. I, I don't know if he's microphone shy or whatever, but uh, uh, hopefully we can get, uh, get Lou over here, uh, and we're gonna see what uh, see what goes. Oh, here he's. Uh, what are you doing here? All right. Here, here this gentleman is just joining me is Lou Snyderman. And Lou Snyderman is president of the RCA, which is the Retirement Community Association of Sun City. Retirement Community Association of Sun City. And, and they are very much involved with promoting Sun City. Right. For helping Sun Cityans. Right. Uh, Safety-wise and any number of other things that may be going Anything on. that we can do to promote Sun City as the retirement community and promoting safety for Sun City residents. We've been around since 1975. Uh-huh. Originally, we were formed to fight incorporation of Sun City. So Dave let me uh, let us into that, and when I was right. speaking to him, right, and and we tried, uh, they tried twice to incorporate Sun City, right. Both times it was defeated, and thank goodness because our taxes would have been double what they are today because of the infrastructure and everything else that was required. But ever since then, we've been a uh, an organization, a nonprofit organization that is interested in promoting Sun City. And so we look for projects that we can get involved in that promote Sun City and safety in Sun City. And I don't know if Dave mentioned, but our current project is to provide a free smoke detector, and we will install it for any Sun City residents free of charge with membership in our organization. Now, what is, it, what is the exorbitant price of membership? It's a whole $5 a year. <laughs> And, and we actually uh, partnered with Lowe's, and they provided us with the smoke detectors, and so we install these at no charge for any of our members. And I understand that the next year you come back on the anniversary date and, and change the batteries. And we will give you a replacement battery and come out and install it for you at no charge. Yes, that's right. That's a fair. For five bucks, you can't, you can't, you can't beat that. The pizza poke in the eye with a sharp stick. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> Let's come back for a moment to this incorporation situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us that live here know that we pay no school taxes. Correct. They know we know that we pay no uh, 
to speak of no municipal taxes of any sort because we don't have a municipal government. Only the fire department. Only the fire department. And right. This is a fire district, and we support right. we support the fire district. Absolutely. Now, and and as far as we don't pay any recreation taxes. That's uh, right. However, we do have a recreation. Uh, Sunset Rec-, Rec Centers Association. Yes, and we do support those folks, and that is done by a, a fee on houses that are for sale. Uh, well, no, there's an annual fee an, an, for the for each individual. Uh, Four hundred and fifty dollars a year. A year, yeah. Okay, and that takes care of it, that takes care of the maintenance of seven recreation centers, all eight golf courses, two bowling alleys. Uh, multiple tennis courts, bocce ball courts, um, softball fields, softball fields, a dog park, um, and and an amphitheater that holds seven thousand people. Wow, okay. four hundred and fifty dollars. Four hundred and fifty dollars a year. Right. I dare you to go to any community in the area and have all your recreational facilities taken care of for four hundred fifty dollars. Exactly. It will not happen. And this is it. Dell Lab. Created, I think, 35 different Sun Cities around the country. We are the largest city and have the most uh, of the recreation facilities of any of them. Right. And it is the lowest cost. There, it has been said, and I've heard it said by many people. Uh, Bill Pearson that I've spoken to oh, yes. on, on the show, Paul Harmon that I've spoken to on the show. Yep. There will never be another Sun City like this. Absolutely. For any number of reasons, there will never be another one. Well, we have two lakes. <laughs> and, none of, and none of the Sun Cities have lakes where there's houses around the lake. You just build, you know, golf courses, and there's water running through the golf course and streams and that kind of thing. But no houses, no boats. Uh, right. No. Yeah. Exactly. And if you and it's fun. And and if you yeah if you buy a if you buy a home on a golf course that happens to have a view of a pond or a lake, if you will, right. uh, that's that's a little different than over here at the yeah. lakes area where you've got houses all the way around those lakes. There's 143 homes on Dawn Lake. Yeah, there you go. And there's uh, I think 87 homes on Lakeview Lake. And, and nobody knows about those lakes either. <laughs> Even some city residents are not aware of it. Well, you know, I, I know we've we've conducted, we've done some um, uh, some video work uh, around town for various organizations or or businesses or whatever the case might be. And one of the favorite outdoor places we do, go to is we go to that park down there. Oh, that, the gazebo. Uh, exactly. That that kind of. Uh, skirts yes. the south side of the lake there. Yes, and it's beautiful. It's very, very nice. It's very picturesque, and yep. uh, and it's a. It, and you can play, picnic there. Yeah, and play can. miniature golf there. Oh yeah, and uh, not to mention the fact that they've got the 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 Boats, rec, the rec you center. Can, you can go uh, on a rowboat. Right, right. On the lake, you can fish. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It is. Here in the middle of the desert, we've got this oasis. We've got this. That's right. <laughs> this so let's get back to your organization, of which you're the president, the RCA. Right. Uh, how long is your term up? Uh, when is your term up? Oh, boy. I just re- <laughs> was just reelected, so I guess I've got two more years. Oh, my. That uh, I'll be uh, ending my... So it'll be in the end of 2016. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's funny that I've somewhat gotten to know you over the last 
several years. Uh, your wife found me. That's right. <laughs> and your and, and I don't know, going through social media or whatever the case may be, or, or maybe classmates or something along those somehow. lines. Somehow. Somehow, but she and I graduated from the same high school in the same year. Right. And I think somewhere along the line, we may have even been in the same class, I, 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 in, in, in a classroom together. I, Probably. I, 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 I don't recall. She was to remember. I, I certainly would. Uh, but it, it, it was interesting when I all of a sudden I got this email from your wife says, are you the, I said, I am the, are you the, <laughs> Something along those lines, a typical yes. thing. But uh, but she's also involved in a lot of things in this in this area, and I, and I and I and I say that so that you can tell us about it, but also to to indicate to people some of the things that are available to them here in some cities. So take your wife as an example. What does your wife get involved in? Oh, she's been involved in the Clay Club, the Best Friends Dog Club, uh, the next. Generation Club, right? Um, and there's so many things that you can get involved in. I mean, that's that's the lifestyle that when you move to Sun City, you're buying into that kind of a lifestyle. Okay, it's an active retirement community, and boy, is it ever! Yes, uh, and it's friendly. Uh, I mean, people people are you know they go out of their way. I belong to the um, woodworking club. And I knew nothing about woodworking, okay? but they have monitors that stop what they're doing, and they'll help you to understand how to use the tools safely, for example. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, and then you can get involved politically, obviously. Sure. You know, um, it, it, it's just, if, if you have nothing to do in Sun City, I guess it's your own choice to do that. Well, it's your own darn fault. Is what I didn't know Well, I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, I mean, there, there's so many options and so many choices. You have, you have to choose out. Yes, you have to actually make, if, if you have the if you get the knowledge of what's available and then you don't do it, then you're choosing out and it's on you. <laughs> it's on you, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Not about it. Yep. Let's go back to your organization a little bit. Oh, yeah. You said it was it was formed in 1975. 75 yep. for the purpose of preventing incorporation of uh, Sun City. Of, of Sun City. That's uh, and they, there's there's been a, there's been a couple of uh, a couple of attempts at that time. Uh, have those attempts ever resurfaced since the since they were. Since 1980, yeah. no. <laughs> okay. And and I think people realize now that big government is the, the way to go. Mm-hmm. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have a mayor. We don't have a city council. We don't have any of the buildings and the police department to support all that. Okay. And and that's really what this organization was formed to show how, you know, you don't want any of that. And it was very successful. Nobody has tried since, I think it was early 1982 or three. I wasn't here. But uh, that that was the last time that there was any attempt to, and, and that was, at the time, you know, they were saying, you'll get millions of dollars from the government to do this. And that was, you know, but obviously that didn't, well, sometimes millions of dollars yeah. from the government comes with two document strings anyhow. And that was uh, the other issue. Yeah, exactly. So we've been around ever since then, and we have been 
doing projects that people don't know we exist, but they know what we've done. I don't know if Dave mentioned we we did a 400 seatbelt giveaway program for anybody that had a golf cart. We provided a safety seatbelt because that's optional on golf carts. And Sheriff Joe's deputies installed the seatbelts and did a free safety inspection. They were lined up at 5:30 in the morning when we opened at 8 o'clock. Wow! And we did that twice, uh, both on the south side of uh, of Sun City in Phase One, and then on the north side in Phase Three. And the rec center provided us with a parking lot in each one of the golf courses, and we set up there. But it was tremendous, and everybody remembers. Oh yeah, you're the organization that did right, that. Right, okay. right. We also donated a golf car to kick off the 50th anniversary of Sun City. Mm-hmm. It was a raffle uh, that the visitor center had. Yeah, I, Paul had that up there at the visitor center. Yes. That's right, and we donated that to the visitor center for them to raffle off. And so, you know, people say, "Oh yeah, I remember that," mm-hmm. but they never know that it's the RCA that actually is doing that. So we're trying to increase our visibility as an organization, and that's why we're here at these kinds of events, to let people know what we're about. And, you know, our current project is the you know, safety with our uh, smoke detectors. We also provided 10 park benches for people that are out walking and they get tired. Um, the golf courses never, you know, didn't have any place to sit. You're out walking, you get tired. You know, these people are elderly. Right. right? You're getting elderly. Um, we built 10 park benches and donated them to the rec center. Once again, safety. You know, right, right. So we're looking for programs and projects that we can get involved in, and uh, we look for feedback. Is this uh, smoke detector project now going to be pretty much ongoing from... Uh, do you see if there, do you see an end to that project? Well, we currently have, I believe, uh, I think there's like 75 or 100 smoke detectors that we have left that were donated by, like I said before, by Lowe's. When those are gone, then we will still have our renewal with all of the batteries for that. But we're looking at other projects that we can get involved in, um, and and so that probably will, you know, the ending is when supplies run out. And then what is what is your next project? Do you have a do you have a next project uh, coming up online or something on the books that you're looking at? Well, we're looking at a number of different things. Once again, if our emphasis is on safety. Um, there's a lot of golf cars in Sun City. Yes. Okay. And we're looking at the possibility of providing each Sun City resident with a safety flag that would, you know, put on the back of their golf car, and it would call attention to the car, making it more visible when they're riding down the street. And so we're looking at as a, another potential project. Right now, some of that those long, tall orange flags that are on the back of bicycles and things like that. That kind of thing, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that's uh, that's so. Uh, as a as a golf cart driver, uh, I know for a fact that sometimes we just aren't seen, or if we're seen, uh, 
<laughs> There's the other side of that. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't want us. They don't want us on the road. Well, that's a different issue. <laughs> that's yeah. a different issue completely. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely yeah. A different issue. Yeah. Uh, is is uh, is your tenure? Uh, uh, you say it's going to be for two more years as 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 president. As president. Yeah, good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, so to speak. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so. Uh, do you see yourself involved in this possible transition to the next project then, or do you think this 100 smoke detectors will... Uh, they're, they're, will going, they're actually going pretty fast. Will they? Our last meeting is in May. Uh, we have our, our um, monthly board meetings. And the last one is in May. We're probably going to be you know, looking at, in the fall, when we come back in October, kicking off the new program. Now, if we still have our uh, unused uh, smoke detectors, we're certainly going to still be offering that. But we'll just have two projects going on at the same time. And, you know, so any way we can help Sun City residents be safe, but we'll, we'll have multiple projects going until they run out. The smoke detector project to me just seems like an absolutely phenomenal project. Yeah. It's been very well received. Yeah. Now, well, would it be conceivable, or is it conceivable, that you go back to Lowe's and say, hey, give me another 500 of those? Uh, we actually have, have been in discussion with them, and they, you know, they said, you know, it's a good program, but they also have many, many other organizations that are requesting, you know, those kinds of, uh, of assistance. And so their corporate... Um, People have said that, that you know that they want to spread it around. So I don't believe that they would be donating you know another another, another batch of them. We'll go to the Home Depot and see what they say. The words right out of my mouth. always Home Depot. <laughs> but that you know we're looking at that. Home Depot, Target, any of those discount houses. Any of those, yeah, yeah. And and we're more than willing to partner and give them visibility and you know. Is on our all of our advertising, it says in partnership with Lowe's. Mm -hmm. So you know, so they're getting a advertising absolutely for, for their donations. Well, it's it's a it's a great uh, great little organization you got going here. I, I I know in talking to some people around town that they were saying, well, what is that? What is that? Oh, what yeah. is that? And then and that and, and I because I understand by what I've uh, in talking to some folks. That the history of your organization was you're there, but what are you doing? Right. And now all of a sudden you're doing it. People are starting to go, aha, uh -huh. that's who they are. That's what they're doing. And that's a good thing for you folks. And that's what we want to keep doing. Exactly. Right. And I know that you've been at most of these uh, fun, fun fairs and yeah, you're at, at Paul's events whenever he has one. Exactly. And, and Newcomer yeah. event for the rec center. Yeah, you so you certainly have your 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 presence and uh, and I, I think that's great. The more you're present, the, the more people will find out what you're doing and yeah. And hopefully, buy a five dollar smoke detector by getting a membership. That's, that's right. Hopefully, with free installation, free installation to boot. Yeah. And actually, you know, the the seniors that are in Sun City, them climbing up on a ladder kind of scares us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if we can do it for them, we're more than happy to. Now, Lou, I know how old I am. 
<laughs> and I'm assuming you're approximately my age. Uh, yes, we are. Okay. I'm not getting up on the ladder. <laughs> well, here, well, here, we're giving away a smoke detector in your garage. Uh, that's exactly right. And that's where the fires start, in the garage. You remember the house on 103rd Avenue, south of Boswell? Burned to the ground last it was two years ago. It started in the garage. Well, they don't really know. There's electrical in the garage. There's fumes. There's paint. There's chemicals. They didn't know, actually. But <laughs> well, we will install it for free give you the smoke detector for free for joining our organization for $5 a year. <laughs> it's all that it costs. And they'll come back and they'll change your battery next year. And a year when you renew your membership, we will give you a battery and come out and install it at no charge. And that's all right in this. And, it's right in, and if you'd like to sign up, right at the end of the aisle here is our booth. And... We, we take COD. We do. We actually do take COD. And, and absolutely, right on the back of this. Should be right, right there. And here's a, here's a bigger one with a bigger number. There you go. <laughs> and we will come and install it at no charge for you. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Yep. But I don't know if they charge for their smoke detectors or not. They're also good. Okay, they shouldn't be. <laughs> good. Oh, sure. Thank you. There we are. There we are. Right here, live on the air. Live on the air. On the, the Boomer and the Maze Sun City Edition. Blue Schneiderman just made a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, it is fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, we get a lot of interest at the booth too. I would imagine I mean, you, do. you know. I would imagine that's, you that's do. a typical conversation yeah. that uh, that we have, um, and we get a lot of people that have already signed up today. Oh wow, that's so, that's great. So your your hundred may be gone before you know it. it that's what I said. Yeah, they they may well be gone by the, by, be the, gone. by the conclusion of your business at the end of May. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know, get them all, get them all installed and running around, well and and go go to the cooler climbs if that's what you do. So, that's right. <laughs> so, so on a personal note, uh, when was the last time you were in Michigan? Do you go back on a regular basis? I go back to Michigan every August. Oh, yeah. The third week in August. Is called Woodward Dream Cruise. Oh yes, yes, Woodward Dream 50, Cruise. Fifty thousand classic automobiles. Oh yeah, show up, and they start cruising Woodward Avenue, oh, and it's cruising. a twelve-mile cruise the third Saturday of August. Okay, one point two million people show up for this event, and it is a ball. I get there a week early, and I go visit friends. Um, I went and visited my old house, which is now burned out and torn down, and you know, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember the, 
the Woodward Dream Cruise yes. back in the day in the early 60s. Oh, that was when it was... When we were the ones who were cruising. We were cruising. And it was... Cruise driving. Oh, yeah. All the way to all driving. the wood, yeah. and, and I had a friend of mine, and, and we would cruise the tents drive-in, and he would always, he would always have, because I couldn't get that much, he would have a banana... A banana cream pie and a cherry coke. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Give me one or the other, but not together. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh So I go back every year and I just went back actually for my fiftieth high school reunion. Oh wonderful. From Henry Ford High School. As I was gonna ask, where did you graduate yeah. high school? Yeah, I was in Henry Ford. Henry Ford, okay. Yeah. And, of and course, your wife graduated from Southfield High School. Graduated from Southfield. Exactly. Yes. Now, did you graduate the same year as your wife? Two years earlier. Two years earlier. Okay. Uh, that was my 50th. And they had it downtown. Did they? They held it in Greek Town at the Greek uh, Casino Hotel. Oh, okay. And it was fun. I mean, it was it was the one place in Detroit that you felt safe. Yeah. There were police everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's two blocks from the stadiums that mm-hmm. they built. They built a football and baseball stadium, like you know, a couple blocks away. That's the only section of town where you saw police cars and policemen out walking on the streets. Well, you know, uh, you know we we can talk about Detroit uh, and and so on, uh, uh, but it's, it's a it's a sad situation in Detroit. It is. I remember years ago I went to the the new uh, ball field down there, uh, and we were sitting uh, up behind third base, looking out on out of the field, mm-hmm. and they had those big high-rise buildings out yes. out past the uh, the right field uh, walls. Yes, and they looked like they were they were they looked like they were victims of a Dresden bombing or something. I mean, the windows were all out and it, it, they were just looked like shells and it, it looked like it looked like a war zone. Um, and it was just unbelievable because I know what that city was back in the day and and, peop- and, people, and people like my parents now gone mm-hmm. knew what that certainly knew what that city was right. and the vibrance of the city and all the ethnicities of the city and whatever else and all that is now lost it, it is just absolutely lost and it's uh, a real shame it really is I know uh, unbelievable yep. you know I, I don't <laughs> that's said it's a shame it was it was one of the most uh, one of uh, certainly a historic city in this in this nation, and one of the most vibrant cities in this nation, and it was one of the cornerstones of industry in this nation. And it's uh, it is it's just no longer that. No Unfortunately, longer you're right. Exactly. Well, Lou, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, we'll we'll do it again at some of these other things. Cause Absolutely, because we, we have to keep reminding people of this. As we get new projects that we're coming out with in the fall. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to sit down again with you and be more than update ha- you, let you know what we're doing. Be more than happy to have you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thanks again. Okay. Take care, Luke. Thank you.
All right, I'm taking a look at the at the clock on the wall, and it's telling me it is 10:27. I know we scheduled this program to go until 11, but uh, due to a, a lack of a guest at this point that they were supposed to, that they were supposed to be bringing me, I think we may cut this off. Unless I can take a walk down there and get somebody from the sheriff's department for the sheriff's posse to come over here and and visit with us for a little while, and that'll end up being possibly our last guest. So I'm going to turn the the uh, the audio down a little bit so you can uh, maybe just hear the uh, the organist and the accordion player and the harmonica player out there on the patio. And I'm going to go down and see if so I can get somebody from the from the sheriff's posse of Sun City to come down and visit with me for a little while, and that'll probably be our last guest. If not, uh, I'll come back, say goodbye, and we'll, we'll turn it off then. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you.
Okay, we're back, and I have another guest with me today. It'll be my last guest of uh, of the morning, and her name is Jenny Evans. That's correct. And Jenny Evans is with the Sun City Sheriff's Posse. And uh, how long have you been with them, Jenny? I've been there with them 10 years. 10 years. And what is your capacity with them now? Right now, I'm a dispatcher as huh? well as uh, helping in the recruiting department. Okay, very good. So you're the you're the great person to be talking to because you can do a little recruiting right here on the right here <laughs> on the yes, internet. We're always show. needing members, and uh, we as long as you're here nine months out of the year, you can join the posse, and we certainly could use everybody's talent. I would imagine. Uh, a couple of questions I have about the posse. I remember the posse. I moved. I moved to Arizona in the early seventies, and shortly after that, my parents moved here to Sun City. So the last of my parents just passed here uh, this last year, and uh, they lived here for approximately, I'm going to say, 35 years. 30, yeah, 35 years was was as long as my mother had lived here. My dad slightly left because he died sooner. But nonetheless, uh, I remember the sheriff's posse when um, they really did a lot of, I'm not saying they don't know, but I was amazed at the fact that they would do, and they would go by and do vacation checks, and uh, they, they would do all kinds of things for the residents uh, with regard to, uh, their safety and checking the houses for them, as well as getting involved with, with directing traffic and so on and so forth in the event of an accident or something along those lines. Do they all? Did you still do that type of thing? Yes, we do. Uh, one of our areas that is, is very uh, prominent and the citizens use us a great deal is the vacation watches. When you go out of town. You turn in a card at the time, the estimated time that you're going to be gone, and we check the doors and windows on a regular basis, be sure everything's safe and nobody has tampered with anything. We also back up uh, Maricopa Sheriff's Office when there is an accident. We stay in tune with the, their uh, radios, and we send our cars there to direct traffic so that officers can do the paperwork. So that keeps the cost down for the county. And uh, it, it's very rewarding. And as I say, we also back up the fire department. When they're called out on an emergency, we go and monitor the ambulance and the fire truck that nobody tampers with anything. And also, if the citizen, the individual that is left behind, why the other one is carried off to the hospital, we will transport them for them or take them home from the hospital if need be, if they don't have a car to make the trip. There was a time, and I may be wrong, but this is my this is my recollection, when the sheriff's posse did was not armed in any way, shape, or form. They did not carry sidearms. They had no uh, no weaponry on them at all. But now I'm seeing some sheriff uh, posse members that do indeed have a sidearm. Well, uh, and, and, and how long? And how long? How long has it been that that's been an option? Uh, that's been there. The Maricopa Sheriff's Office leaves it as an option. If you want to go through the same training that their deputies do, you can carry arms and uh, stun gun, but you have to go through their training, and it's very vigorous, and uh, 
you have to be willing to donate that extra time because you have to go downtown to do the training right along with the deputy. And how long a training period is that? It varies by what you want to do. Some people will just want to carry the mace or whatever, mm -hmm. and so that all depends on you. If you do carry a sidearm, you have to practice. Uh, we never are. We are not allowed to draw them. Some of the posse members decide to ride with some of the deputies to assist them during the, their day shift or night shift, and they cannot draw the gun until the deputy says, "Draw your gun." So, if somebody is doing one of these home checks, as an example. They cannot, and, and they find somebody, an intruder into the home. They're not allowed to draw the gun? No. We, we are in constant contact with MCSO, and we notify them that there's suspicious activity there, and they come, and they enter, and we only do on their command once they arrive. Wonderful. Now, do, do the... Uh, the posse members, when they're going through the training and after they've passed the training, do they have to qualify on the gun range? Is there a requalification process? Oh, yes. Just like the deputies, every year they have to qualify. And they buy their own guns, buy their own ammunition. Uh, the sheriff's office doesn't support us in that area. They will give us the training, but that's as far, but as, that's that as, goes. far as it goes. Now, you're wearing a pretty spiffy uniform here with all decked out with badges and, and patches and uh, uh, brass nameplates and so on. Did you have to pay for that? We give to the uh, individuals one uniform. Well, it's actually two. Two pair of pants, two shirts, and uh, you uh, pay for your badge when you join. If you want more, and uh, which a lot of us do because you're busy, uh, you can buy it. And we have uh, a supply office right on our base. Right, and the base is right there behind Sunland Mortuary. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, now, when, when you're out uh, you're out and about, uh, how many hours do you put in uh, in the course of uh, a week or a month or whatever? Well, and how is that determined? Well, a shift is normally seven hours. Okay. And we, we have three shifts that go... And on Sunday, we only have one shift, and that is at night. And uh, like as here at this, this fair at Oakmont, we have people out there directing traffic and seeing if anybody needs assistance. So we do a variety of things. I've been on calls where a bird got into somebody's house, and they didn't know how to get it out. So we went and helped them. We also tracked down lost dogs. But we're just a helping hand to the citizens here in Sun City. Well, the, the, the posse certainly has a very good reputation in Sun City. Thank it, you. It, it's very, very well regarded by anybody I've ever spoken to who says, oh, man, that posse. I, I remember my folks saying, you know, when they went back, would go back to Michigan, they said, one of them would always say, did, did you contact the posse so they could come by and check the house? Uh, that, that, that was a really, a really big thing uh, with them. Uh, to, to know that the house was secure until uh, till eventually they would say, you go check the house for us. <laughs> yes, it is one of our, our major yeah. things, and the majority of the citizens, I would say, use us. Uh, 
myself, I've been here 20 years because I came to take care of my mother. Right. And I just qualified to live here, and she was delighted. But I ended up finding out that so much here in Sun City with all the rec centers, I had as much opportunity or more opportunity than doing it from where I lived in Tucson. Right, right. Uh, does it ever happen, I, I don't know how why it, why it wouldn't happen, that somebody goes on vacation, they're supposed to be gone from the, the 1st to the 15th, and they come back on the, uh, on the 12th, and uh, you go walking by the house and you see activity going on in the house? <laughs> well, we, we go through and check all the windows on the exterior and the doors. Well, usually with us rattling the doors, uh, they come out and say, oh, I forgot to call you. <laughs> but, I don't know who's more scared, them or you. <laughs> no, it, it, it's wonderful, and the citizens are great for us. They, it was, they support us, the citizens here in Sun City, and we own our own vehicle. We own our own building and uh, our, all of our equipment. How do you get your vehicles? Uh, well, when we decide it's about time that one is getting a little older, we, we sell it. Uh, and uh, then we go around and shop, just like anybody else, finding a vehicle. So you're buying a vehicle off, another, uh, uh, off a lot, as an example. Or right, and, and we can buy you okay. if we want to. So. And a lot of the citizens uh, in other areas, in other counties, will buy our vehicles because they know they've been taken care of. Okay. Do, do people donate, uh, donate their vehicles to you? No, that they donate the money that so we can purchase. Them. So you can purchase one. But I mean, right. for instance, if somebody had a if somebody had a uh, a relatively new vehicle and they passed or something like that, the family could or could not donate that to you. Well, they could donate it, but we would not use it as a posse car. Okay. Cars are identical to MCSO. Okay. So they have more power. They have more abilities. There are built-in radios for our communication. Okay, so it's, it's the police interceptor engines and, yes. and all those yes. all those accoutrements that go into a, a right. regular police a police car or a posse car. Yes. Okay, sure. So that's uh, so so the four wheel drive SUVs that you drive around are all uh, all the same as any anybody else would, right. would drive. Okay. Uh, so when you go out and buy those types of things, uh, Wow, where does where does the money come from? Where's where's the budget and so on and so forth to purchase those cars? Uh, the citizens of Sun City that support us. Okay, that's and it's all volunteer. It's all volunteer. Okay. And uh, as I say, we depend on the citizens to support us because we could not exist without them. Well, I understand that. Uh, I have always understood that uh, the posse members buy, in, in essence, additional uniforms and so on and so forth, and that type of thing. And they're they're volunteering. They're they're donating their time, right? Which is a big thing. Uh, but I was always wondering about how did you get the cars? Because I I, I just assume maybe that the sheriff's department gave you cars, but that's not the that case. Not the case. No. So you have to be self-supportive. Uh, for the cars and, uh, the, and the, the gas and, and the, 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 the building and all the maintenance and yeah, everything else. We have the maintenance crews that, that uh, minor things. If it's major, then we, we seek, like like any citizen shop, see where they could get the best deal, at the, you know, but we keep it all here in Sun City. I had a, I had a, an incident uh, an incident where I had I came down to the uh, 
your office because when my mother was alive, she had Alzheimer's, and I was concerned with um, her getting out of the house, and I wanted to make sure that uh, I was clear because I was because I was told by medical people that I was going to have to uh, lock the lock the doors and so she couldn't get out. Right. And to me, that seemed like that I might be I might be looking at some kind of a liability there, elder abuse or something along those lines. Right. And I wanted to make I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case and it wasn't misconstrued that way because I had information that that would be the best and the safest thing for her if I if we weren't going to have her institutionalized because if she was institutionalized she's going to be in a lockdown situation anyhow. Right. So be there, be here, whatever the case. And I was told that in the event that something were to happen and she were to get out, uh, that I might call you folks, but that call is going to go to the regular posse members. And they're going to be the ones that are taking care of that incident and so on and so forth. So my question then to whoever I was talking to down right. at the time, and I don't remember, it was, it's been years ago already, she's since deceased. Uh, I was I was told that oh no it, it'll it'll be investigated by the sheriff's right. department and uh, and I started thinking to myself that's all kinds of potential for being misconstrued. Uh, how often do you get involved in in those kinds of situations where uh, an elderly person or a loved one is is wandered off? I can't give you the, the no, number of the times, numbers, but, but this does happen frequently. We always. We have sheets that the uh, department pulls immediately. It's from the family member, what they're dressed like, uh, what's their favorite way of going, because most of them do. And uh, then, as I say, MCSO is notified. Uh, we, by the number of cars that are out, we notify them immediately to be looking for them. And they basically, if they're not on call on another job, they stop and start searching for the individual. And we comb the city till we find them or till MCSO says we've exhausted it. There are people that have disappeared and they're driving their cars. And we scour the city as much as we can and go to the favorite places and, and so forth and until we've exhausted everything. It's 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 got to be a, a tough situation for your folks as well because uh, I mean there's just so much that you can do and then beyond which you can go no further. I I would imagine. Yes, that's very true. As I say, we just are there for helping hands. Right, right. More hands on deck, so to speak. Yes. Exactly. Well. Jimmy, I want to thank you for coming over here and giving us information about the little information about the posse. You're the recruiter. You're involved in recruiting. If somebody's interested and wants to become a member or look into becoming a member, uh, who do they contact you, or, and what are the con what is the contact information? Uh, they can contact me, or they can contact anybody in the posse. Um, they also can call a six two three nine seven two two five five five. The recruiting department, my phone extension is 118. 
and we'll be happy to give them a tour of the building, uh, let them see what we have, ask all the questions that they want, and uh, then fill out some documents and uh, start the process. How long does the process take? I'm, I'm, I'm certain there's a big background check in the whole nine yards. It, I would say at least a month, sometimes a little more, depending on how busy. We fill out the documents, send them downtown, and they do their research on you. And um, they ask questions like, have you ever had a ticket? Uh, have you ever been arrested? So all of these things have to be thoroughly checked. What are some of the other categories of, of questioning that might be on that application? Um, <laughs> I should know these right off the bat, but as I say, they, they check all of that and, and uh, how long you've been here and what your talents are, because there are many things to running any kind of a thing. The posse is like a business, because it, it has the administration department where we ask for the donations, where they keep the permanent records on everybody. And as I say, with our own dispatching crew, uh, that is extra training. Um, and we maintain our ground. And as I say, there's a, there's a lot that you can do, and a lot of talent is needed. Are there are there physical physical requirements, weight requirements, height height requirements? Um, uh, to, obviously, they're going to check and see if you have any misdemeanors or any felonies or outstanding right. warrants and all uh, probations and all that type of thing. Uh, is there a financial background check done? Uh, no, we don't check your financial background. Oh. We're, we're, you know, that is not, it, it's what MCSO has requested for you to be able to wear the uniform and basically we're representing them. So that is critical. They're interested in that because what we do reflects on them as well. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, give us that phone number one more time, if you would, please, Jenny, and we'll, uh, we'll be wrapping this show up. 623-974. Uh-oh, wrong number. That's the fax number. Oh, no. I can give you that fax number. 623-974-1876. And to reach us at by phone is 623-972-2555. 972-5555. Okay. All right. And as long as the calling from here is going to be a 623. So <laughs> 972-5555. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very much for yours as well, and uh, good luck at everything you're doing. And hope you have a great recruiting term. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, too. Bye now. All right. There we go. That was uh, Ginny from the, uh, from the, uh, from the uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, Sheriff's Posse of Sun City. And uh, it's Jenny Evans. And again, that phone number is 972-2555. Her extension is 6678. Oh, 118. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 118. Posse person. What's this number? Is that your batch number? That's my posse number. Oh, your posse number. That's your posse number. Nine seven nine seven two two five five five, and the extension is one one eight. Very good. I finally got it right. Took me enough tries. Thanks again, Jenny. And thanks everybody for listening. And that's going to wrap it up for another 
for the final fun day here in Sun City for this season. Uh, this one at the Oakmont Center. Uh, you have the rest of this afternoon till about 3 o'clock to come out here and, and see what's going on uh, here at Oakmont. It's uh, a lot of interesting things here, the same as uh, all of the others with the lapidary and the, and the jewelry built working and all the various clubs and so on and so forth. So uh, take advantage of that at a beautiful Sunday or Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon here in Sun City, Arizona. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you at the next show that we do, which will probably be in the Sunday show. We'll start on a regular basis a week from Wednesday. That's one week from this coming Wednesday, uh, and we'll be starting at 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, the, Sun, the Boomer the Babe show, Sun City edition, at 11 o'clock, I'm sorry, 11 o'clock in the morning. Hosted by me, Pete Peters, and the babe, Deborah Brown, every Wednesday, 11 o'clock, Sun City edition of the Boomer and the Babe Show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Get out and enjoy the beautiful warm weather. Go play some golf. Play some bocce ball. Uh, do any number of things that you can do here in Sun City, Arizona. Thanks again for listening. Take care, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.